Let's talk books. Claire Mabey's here. Hi, Claire. Oh, is Claire here? Hello, Jessie. Hello. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Very good, thanks. Welcome to the show. This book's obviously got a bit of Heat Shy by Max Porter. You're the second person who's mentioned it on our show. It's just arrived, has it? His fourth novel. Yeah, so it came out just a couple of months ago, and it's astonishing. I, I'm a fan of Max Porter's writing generally, but this book is my favourite, and it's very slim. It'll only take you, I reckon, tops two hours to read it. Huh. And it is the story of a young boy set in the 90s, so it's pre-phones and all that stuff. And it's um, just a few hours in his life, and it presents a kind of cacophony of his thoughts and all of the perceptions and judgments around him because he's a boy who's in a kind of the second chance home for kids who have have done terrible things and made Mm. mistakes. And it is the most amazing reading experience because Max Porter, what he does is this very inventive style of almost prose poetry. It's not Mm. quite, but it's, um, he really plays with language and it barrels along in this really beautiful way. So you get this sense of a character very deeply and very intimately. And I kind of guarantee that it will leave you feeling really, um, Astonished at what a novel can do. I think that's what Max Porter is good at. He's kind of good at challenging um, the usual idea of what a novel is and giving you something pretty unique. What do we know about Max Porter? Um, he lives in Bath in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Eleanor Catton's editor, actually. Huh. And he is um, his first novel, Grief is the Thing with Feathers, has been adapted for stage, and I can kind of feel that about shy as well it kind of lends itself to to a vocal performance because it's so linguistically interesting thank you shy by max porter uh, and uh, as you say a quick read um, you get it done in one decent session what about everything is beautiful and everything hurts so this is a novel a new zealand novel by writer josie shapiro and it's just about out now and I adored this novel. It's about, it's an underdog story. It's about Mickey Bloom. And it's the story that takes you from her teenage years through to her adult life. Um, And the thread um, that carries you through is that Mickey is a brilliant runner. And the book is, it's cleverly structured. So it kind of flips between the present where Mickey is running a marathon and then goes back into her past and tracks her kind of running life, basically. And um, some really sad things happen to Mickey and some really beautiful things happen to Mickey, which kind of mirrors that title. And it's just a lovely... um, it's a lovely story where you fall in love with a character who is is not a particularly extra, extraordinary person. She's she feels like someone that you might know that you might meet, mm. but um, the way that Josie has kind of tracked her life is so beautiful and very um, endearing and really hopeful. It leaves you with this kind of sense of great adversity being overcome. And um, it's not about winning either, which I really liked. It's about the joy of running. It's about the pro- yeah, the process and, and um, what happens when you really discover what is meaningful for you and not for other people. This is a debut novel, hey? Yeah, it's it's actually the winner of the the Ellen and Unwin Fiction Prize, which I think is the very first time this has been done. But basically, Ellen and Unwin um, called out for manuscripts and, and Josie won it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, super cool. 
Great. Everything is beautiful and everything hurts. Do you think a runner would be particularly interested in this book? I'm just thinking about my wife who's devouring books at the moment. This yeah. might be up her alley. Yeah, well, I'm a runner and, and I think I really appreciated the mm. running parts of it. But I also think if you're not a runner, you, you'll love the story. You'll love kind of rooting for, for Mickey Bloom. Personal question, Claire, when you're running... Yeah. Is your are you thinking about something or is it the fact that you're not thinking about anything that you enjoy? I my brain goes into a totally different way of thinking. Yeah. I love it. It actually helps me. I run to figure things out because my brain works better yeah. <laughs> when I'm running. Weirdly. Do you, do you wear headphones? I do now. I never used to, but yeah. I do actually listen to podcasts, but often it, they fade into the background when my and my brain kind of takes over. Mm. Yeah. Great. Um, two excellent recommendations so far. And then it's almost a kind of a style of um, title these days, these long titles. Yeah. Um, we've had Everything is Beautiful and Everything Hurts. And this one's called... Uh, you, For thy great pain, have mercy on my little pain. Right. Yeah, it's a bit of a clunky one, to be honest. I don't. This is not the, the thing that I love the most about this novel. But it's, um, it's also a slim book. I, I kind of devoured this really quickly. And it is the story of Marjorie Kemp and Julian of Norwich. And both of those women are epic in the history of, of women's writing. So Marjorie of Kemp was um, born in the late 1300s. And she was a mother of 14 kids. And she had visions. And she started crying a lot. And, and crying was her kind of spiritual outlet, I think. But she lived in a time when you weren't really supposed to be unorthodox as a woman. You weren't supposed to just go around preaching, but she kind of did that. Mm -hmm. And Julian of Norwich was living at the same time, and she was an anchorite, which means she was kind of locked up in a cell as a holy woman. And this book really cleverly orbits each character. So Marjorie and Julian, she goes from one to the other until they meet. And they and she does this very inventive meeting of these two very remarkable women who historians don't know if they ever did meet. It's it's possible, but they don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's a really brilliant little twist at the end in relation to Julian's book, which is a real um, kind of anchor of of the history of women's writing, as is Marjorie's book, which was discovered in 1934 in a house. It was like this huge discovery. And, um, yeah, the author, I don't want to say too much more, but the author does, a, does an interesting little thing between them that kind of offers an explanation for how Julian's book got out into the world. I loved it. It's very clever. It's very um, kind of beautifully, simply written, and it's just a great excavation of what a medieval woman's life might have been like. Fantastic. Thank you for those recommends, Claire. Pleasure. I've got a big stack next to my bed at the moment. Yeah, me I'm too. really all excited. I'm excited about all of them. And um, it's quite hard when you've got books that you really, really want to read, but you, you can only do them one at a time. Oh, I can do it. I only do them one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a bit overwhelming. I've just, just picked up. One. <laughs> I've just picked up George Saunders' Lincoln and the Bardo, which I know I'm late to, but uh, finally oh, yeah. got to that it's one. Yeah. It's a great one. Yeah. Which his I'm only looking novel. forward to. Um, and then I've also got uh, Brett Easton Ellis's uh, latest one after it was recommended by one of our book critics a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's a good time. Mm. Must be a sign that uh, parenting is quietening down a bit if I'm finally starting to get back to reading. Thanks, Claire. Great to have <laughs> you on, as always. Thanks, Claire, Jesse. maybe three great recommendations from her. That uh, last book, if you like the sound of it, is called For Thy Great Pain, Have Mercy on My Little Pain. I should also